Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to Professional Oklahoma Educators Bite-Sized Learning Podcast, where bite-sized changes can have a big impact in the classroom. I'm Jason Bings, the Director of Professional Learning at POE and the host of this podcast. For many of you, school is winding down and your mind is shifting into summer mode. What do you do with your summer break? Well, this year is different because most educators spent the last several weeks of the school year in a distance learning environment of some sort. You didn't get to spend those last few weeks with your students doing the activities you originally planned to do. Instead, you were teaching from home, holding virtual office hours, delivering packets to families, and trying to maintain the relationships you'd worked hard to build with your students over the course of the school year. You may be wanting the new school year to get here quickly so you can be back with your colleagues and a new group of students. But before any of that can happen, you have to get through summer break. So how do you do that? What do you do while on your break from school? Under normal circumstances, you might have an answer in hand. You might normally take a family vacation, go to church camp with your kids, relax by the pool, or catch up on countless projects around the house. But this year, some of those plans may be in limbo. Or you may be fearful of making any plans since you don't know what might happen over the next few months. Some of you may have summer jobs that you normally dive into as soon as the school year ends. Those plans may be in question as well. Some of you will spend most of your time preparing for the next school year, and this year those plans may look very different because you may be planning to cover the material that was missed by students, or you may be planning a way to deliver your lessons in an online format based on your experience this past school year. Regardless of what your plans are, I highly recommend that you take some time to recharge your batteries. So how do you recharge? Well, this is a question that has a different answer for every one of you. For those of you struggling with a way to do this, here are a few ideas. Just relax. Don't make any plans for the first few weeks. Don't schedule any work-related activities for a specific amount of time. There are many different ways to do this. Some people will block off a few days each week. That's totally unplanned and intentionally stay away from any devices that might tempt them to do any schoolwork. You could focus on a passion project. Do you love to garden or do yard work? Are you a crafter? Do you enjoy cooking? Do you love to write, read, sing? Do you love to spend time in nature? Whatever it is, devote some time to it. If you spend significant amounts of time on the things you're passionate about, you will find yourself refreshed and recharged quickly. Another option is to get out of town. This may be just for a few hours or it could be a few days. Uh, For some of you it might mean going to the lake or camping. Others of you are stressed by that but spending time shopping is relaxing to you. Whatever you can do to change your environment will help restore your energy and that's going to help you best serve your students next fall. Alright, so now that you're relaxed and recharged, you're ready to get started on your plans for the coming year. Now, I wouldn't wait too late to do this because if you start sooner, you can be more relaxed when the school year actually starts and not feel rushed at the end. So here are some things that I would suggest, and this is the order that I would roughly use except for number six on this list. I'd try to do this throughout the summer and actually continue it into the school year. 
but feel free to adjust this to suit your preferences. All right, so in preparing for the new school year, the first thing I would do is review my philosophy of teaching. Now, I know what some of you are saying. I haven't touched that thing or looked at it since I wrote one in college. I don't even, I don't even know where to begin on that. Well, the reason I like to review mine is to see if I need to change anything. Have my thoughts on teaching changed? Have my um, processes related to education and how I teach, has that changed because of something new I've learned? This also helps me figure out my procedures in my classroom. If what I'm doing in the classroom doesn't line up with, with my philosophy, with what I believe, with what I know is true about educating students, then it doesn't make any sense for it to be practiced in my classroom. So if your philosophy and your procedures are not lining up, you need to fix that because you're not living out what you believe. So make some modifications in order to, to make sure your philosophy lines up with what you're doing. Number two, review your procedures. So what procedures did you have in place last year? What worked? What would you like to do differently? It may have worked well, but maybe it can work better. What do you need to reinforce more at the beginning of the school year? Do you need to come up with some procedures for online teaching? We, we don't truly know exactly what this next school year is going to be like, so preparing now is going to help you out in the long run. Third thing I would do is review the pacing calendar. Now this may be something that's done by your entire grade level team or, or by several others, but go back and review that. If you have made changes as a team, what do you need to change on your end to line up with those changes? So make sure you're reviewing that and preparing to implement those changes. Number four, create a new student packet. This is what you do when new students arrive to your classroom. And what I'm talking about is not at the very beginning of the school year when everybody's a new student, but what do you do for your students that come in three weeks in? You've already taught all the procedures. Everybody else knows how things work, but you need something as sort of a, a new student induction process and some sort of a packet that you can give to them that's going to help them through that process. Prepare that now. You can actually get templates online for, you know, the trifold brochures. Get a template for that and, and use one of those as part of your, your new student packet that they get when they come in. So they come into the classroom, you've got one printed and ready, and you hand it to them. Then you go ahead and get another one printed so that you have it ready for the next new student you get. Because if you're like I was, at least once a month you had somebody leave and somebody new coming in. It was very rare that the class I ended or started the year with was the same class I finished the year with. Number five on my list is to go ahead and create my substitute packet. Now, I may not have all of the components that I need for because I don't have a class roster yet. I won't have seating charts, but I can get a lot of the information in there. Your emergency procedures, you have a pretty good idea what they're going to be, and if anything changes, you can do a quick swap on those. 
but a copy of your procedures that you've already covered in one of the previous steps, you can go ahead and insert that in there. And then if you need to make any minor changes, you can do that. But to have that substitute packet ready now saves you that frustration or that headache or that challenge later on. All right, number six on my list. This is the one that I said I would not necessarily do in this order. I would do this throughout. But number six is to find ways to continue learning. This is separate from your passion project that I mentioned earlier. This is professional learning that I'm talking about. Are you enhancing your content knowledge or your pedagogical practices? This could be done through videos, through blogs, podcasts, professional books, continuing education courses, or advanced degrees. And so if, if you'll check the notes that go along with this, I'll go ahead and add some of my favorite resources, uh, some books that I'm going through, some blogs and podcasts that I follow that might help you with this process. Number seven, set up your classroom. Now you may not be able to actually get into your space yet. So what I would do is sketch it out first or use an app to help you design your layout. You'll want to make sure that your layout allows movement for you and your students through your classroom. You may have to adjust some spacing in your classroom because this year you may be given some social distancing guidelines. You may not be able to set your class up in, in groups or pods like you've done in the past. For most of you, I know your classrooms are not big enough that you can actually do that. So if you need help trying to figure out what layout to use, I've included a link to the Classroom Architect app as one option to help you in this design and layout process. Scholastic also has a class setup tool, and I've got a link for that that will be in the notes as well, that can help you design a layout for your classroom or develop seating charts. They've got a few different options there. There are also several apps that would let you scan the dimensions of your room and then drop in different pieces of furniture into your class layout. So those are all options to help you set up your classroom before you actually get there. And another thing that I would keep in mind, when you set up your classroom, you know that you're going to probably get new students at the last minute. So make sure that the way you set it up is flexible enough that you can account for those last minute changes. Number eight, prepare for your students. Write your introduction to your students. Prepare your welcome packet and your syllabus. Create a welcome video to show students or to make it available on your, on your class website. And if you space these items across the summer, instead of waiting until the very end, you'll feel much more comfortable at the beginning of the year now, if you're like me, I often had to work during the summer, and that usually lasted right up until the time that I had to report back at the beginning of the school year. So I wasn't always able to follow this advice that I'm giving. Now, this is something that I've learned over time. And then once, once we had to report, I often had to meet with other teachers or help them set up their equipment before school started because I was one of the tech mentors for the district, and so I was responsible for helping my teachers do that on my campus. If I'd planned ahead better, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have to put myself in that position of being stressed trying to get all of my stuff done and, and going to all the meetings and helping others get set up because I would have already accomplished a lot of those, a lot of those setup items ahead of time that I needed to do to get my classroom ready and to 
have myself mentally prepared. So to keep yourself from being in a similar situation, at the beginning of summer, plan ahead what you want to accomplish before school starts. On your calendar, block off any days you already have plans like dental appointments, annual wellness exams, camps, vacations. Get those blocked in. And then once you've done that, block off some more time to work on some of these projects that you need to complete before the beginning of school. If you'll do this, you won't overlook some of those tasks as easily. And you'll also be able to focus on the other items that come up before school starts and not stress about not getting everything done. Before we close this episode, I want you to take two key points for your summer break. Number one, relax, recharge your batteries. Number two, plan ahead enough that you don't feel stressed when you report back to school. If you can follow these two principles, you'll feel much better as you start the next school year. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Please share and comment to let us know how we can help you and others. You may leave your comments in your podcatcher of choice, but to guarantee we receive them in a timely manner, go to bit.ly bit.ly slash bite-sized pod and complete the form. If you'd like to schedule a professional learning session for your school or an online meeting, you can send an email to pd at apoe.org. If you'd like more information about professional Oklahoma educators, check out our website, www.apoe.org. You can find links to this podcast and blog under the Resources tab on apoe.org or by going to poebitesizedlearning.blogspot.com. POE can also be found on Facebook, APOE.org, and on Twitter at profokla.edu. That's P-R-O-F-O-K-L-A-E-D-U.